what you have in your hands, we're not going to actually walk through. It is a take home for you. Um, I will say we're going to post those notes again with the audio uh, on the website after this is over, uh, probably tomorrow. Those notes will have some additional things that these notes don't. The notes we post tomorrow is going to have an additional section for recommended resources. And part of the reason we didn't have it in there is because I wanted to ask some of the panelists, what are some resources that have been helpful for them in some of these different aspects we're going to be talking about? And so I wanted to wait and provide the full list of resources based on input that they give us today. Um, in your hands with those notes, there's kind of two broad areas. Uh, the first page has frameworks, and those are in essence, uh, and actually I need to get a copy of somebody Whoever's got the copies, oh, thank you, Renee. Renee needs another copy. Oh, they're, they're covered. Um, as we talk about the different building blocks of a disciple's lives, and we use that language because if you think about a builder, um, there's you, certain things you have to have to build a home, but once you have those tools and resources, you can build a home to look any number of different ways. There's no one way to do it. And discipleship and being a disciple is kind of like that. I mean, there's all sorts of ways to approach Bible study and prayer, but those are key elements that need to be a part of a disciple's life. But as we talk about those building blocks today, we want you to be able to think about the frameworks that those fit in. So we wanted to attach our mission statement and some of the values that were like the current sermon series and these core values we hold to as a church. We want you to be able to think about these building blocks and where they fit within those different frameworks. So you can see in the frameworks, uh, glorify God by proclaiming Jesus, receiving grace, being disciples, and making disciples. And as we're talking through things today, you can think about what buckets these different building blocks fit into. Um, we're proclaiming Jesus, receiving grace, uh, uh, excuse me, relationship to God, uh, the, the Sound City Bible Church values, relationship to God, relationship to other Christians, and relationship to the world, or uh, some people would use the idea of like, reaching upward, inward, and outward. Uh, but those are great buckets or frameworks that you can kind of group a lot of these building blocks under. And so that just kind of gives you an overview. We've got those frameworks, and then we've just got the list of different building blocks. And again, you can put these building blocks together in any number of orders, but we would say that all of these building blocks should be present in your life if you're really gonna walk as a healthy, obedient, uh, just joy-filled disciple of Christ. So. You'll get to review these more later. I think we've got a quorum, so I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to highlight just one or two more things about the notes, and then we'll bring up the panelists, and we'll dive right in. So let me pray real quick. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come together. Uh, we thank you that we've had the chance this morning to hear your word proclaimed from Pastor Aaron, and uh, Lord, I pray that now as we, we really talk about um, these biblical truths and how we live out our life as disciples, I pray that it would be a fruitful time. I pray that you would be gracious to speak through the panelists in a way that would bring tons of ideas to light so that people would walk out of here with a full, um, a full list of things that they can include to, to bring a lot more joy and life into their personal walks with you. Uh, I pray, Lord, that all of this would be for your glory. Amen. Amen. So as I talk about the frameworks and the building blocks, I want to kind of propose a question here. Um, I want you to think about the different areas or the different frameworks that these building blocks can be placed in. So for example, when we think about God's word, that's one of the building blocks. Does the study of God's word fall into our relationship with God, 
relationship with other Christians or our, our relationship to the world, like thinking about those core values that we have as a church, how we relate to the Lord, how we relate to one another, and how we relate to the, the world, where, where would scripture fall into that one? All of them, exactly. Um, regular studies, personal thing, but also a corporate thing. It's also a way that we proclaim truth to the lost world. Um, confession and repentance. It's another one that, as you think about it, it actually fits into all of those. It both it reconciles us to God. It's something that we're called to do, confessing our sin to one another. But it's also the way we live in front of the world, like honestly about our brokenness and our sin. Because if we don't, if we don't acknowledge our sin, then we have no opportunity to share with them God's redeeming grace. Whereas when we're honest about our brokenness, we can then shed light on God's redeeming work in our lives, so that we can tell His story of redemption. So just think about that. That's kind of something to have in the back of your mind. We, again, we don't want these to just live in isolation, and we don't want you to walk away thinking, well, how does that tie into our mission statement or our values? These are all deeply interconnected. So with that, if you can put that slide up on screen, Chris, I'm going to introduce the panelists. Um, during the course of today, I've got a list of questions, but we did want to give you guys a chance if you need to clarify, or if you have additional questions we haven't hit on, you can text them in. Pastor Shane's going to be receiving those and then putting them in a Google Doc that I'm, I'm kind of working off of, so he can kind of real-time feed your questions to me. So if you have questions, you can text them into that number. Um, the panelists, they're going to come up and jump on the uh, couches here, and we've kind of got them in order so that as we go, you'll actually be able to remember who they are if you haven't met them before. But why don't you all go ahead and come up? We're going to, starting here, we're going to have Doug and Linda Freiberg. Uh, Doug is one of our board members, and they have been gracious servants of the church, and uh, the best dishes for the potluck are almost always Linda's. So Doug and Linda. And I'm going to keep going while y'all are getting in your spots. Uh, Courtney Charest is going to be sitting next to Linda. Courtney, um, she and I actually got to work together for a period of time uh, at Mars Hill, and our first project was writing the prayer guide that we did like two years ago for the 40 days of prayer. Uh, and we were coming up with the different topics and literally she wrote the entire book, like all the scriptures were almost all her idea. We'd say, oh, we're praying about X. She's like, oh, here's a scripture. And just off of memory, filled the entire book with scripture. So she has a deep love for the word. Um, Every week we get the weekly back with edits on it. Uh, here's, the, here's where your deal was wrong, and I keep saying, well, why don't you write it ahead of time? Yeah, so um, Pastor Joe Day, who y'all all know, Ethan and Lynette Lorimore. Ethan and Lynette uh, serve as community group leaders and coaches. Yeah, y'all know him. Actually, we're kind of, I'm wondering why we have you on the panel at all. Um, no. <laughs> Actually, I know why, because you, you're going to be comic relief later. Um, Ethan and Lynette, uh, community group leaders and coaches uh, in the community group ministry, and have been a just huge blessing to lots of folks in the church. Uh, we have Miss Erin Lynn Gray herself. Um, oh, Brittany, sorry. I jumped. Y'all are in order. <laughs> Brittany Hackett. Uh, Brittany and her husband and their family moved up here so we could take on an internship with the church. Um, and they are now serving as leads for our students' ministry. And um, so I'm excited. I actually had someone pull me aside and they said, I don't know who you have on your panel, but if you don't have Brittany, you should have her. She's been a huge encouragement to me in the areas of spiritual disciplines. So, uh, and then we have Miss Erin Lynn Gray. And we have, yeah. 
It's like somebody should be excited about that. And then we have Justin Culver. Um, and so excited. Justin is uh, in Ethan and Lynette's community group and actually got baptized, what, uh, January? Or was it the previous one? Huh? Oh, really? Y'all, y'all go way back. I didn't know y'all known each other. Nice. All right. Um, I am kind of going to go in order of the notes, but worship we're going to come back to at the end. So I'm going to dive right in with questions, and let's, uh, let's, let's get going. Um, when we think about making disciples, um, there's kind of this idea, and in the notes we have this idea that, that both is a call to be mentored and being discipled by somebody who is further along in the faith, but also to be pouring into somebody who is maybe younger in the faith, so a give and take of discipleship. So with that idea, I would love to hear from you guys, and there's microphones on the floor, so you might want to have like center person on the couch grab it um, and be ready. What has been the most fruitful approach you've experienced either being discipled or discipling somebody else and some of the different ways you've experienced discipleship being lived out? Um, in Corinthians, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? And so that's discipleship, um, imitating Christ and then allowing others to see you and allow them to imitate you. Of course, we never want right? We never want to create little gods here of ourselves, but Paul himself says, imitate me because I'm imitating Christ, and I'm going to be your example, um, earthly example. Um, so really, discipleship cut down is, is letting people in, um, allowing them to see your life. Um, Travis gave us these kind of a roundabout of what he's going to ask us about 15 minutes ago, and I was kind of thinking, and probably the most recent situation of discipleship, I would say, is at work, and full disclosure, I was at Mars Hill, so I was in a Christian Christian organization, and um, but the Lord quickly, after I started there, brought two younger Christians um, to work, and on our team, um, two women, uh, two younger women, and the Lord just laid it on my heart that we were going to, or all, I would ask, of course, but them to meet with lunch, uh, with me for lunch um, once a week. And we watched a Bible study um, sermon. I won't tell you who it was, but uh, <laughs> no, that leaves too much to the imagination. It was Beth Moore. Um, but we, we picked there, on her a lot about um, Beth Moore. I know, right? Um, and so we would watch her, and then we'd talk about it, and we did life once a week at work um, through lunch. So that was the most recent. Probably it's, it's not hard. And then, of course, we did life after that because relationship just got developed, um, and we did evenings together and awesome. still love those girls even though we're not working together anymore. Awesome. Um, one thing I did not prep y'all with is because we've got tons of ground to cover, really short answers, and I might moderate and interject, so that was fantastic. But um, other, 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 other stories, other ways that you've been discipled or that you have discipled others that has been fruitful. One of the most fruitful for me has actually been through this dude right here. Um, we, uh, when we first came to Shoreline, yeah, come on, man, you, you, you saw that coming. <laughs> um, when we first came to Shoreline, we wanted to get plugged in and serving, uh, and, uh, just help out the church and love the church well. And, uh, Pastor Joe kind of took me under his wing and, and walked through a bunch of stuff and how to, how to lead different teams and how to do different stuff around the, um, around the campus, especially since, uh, you had just become XP and worship pastor and then changed roles to, well, I don't even know. But you had like four or five different hats on and then operations and all this stuff. Anyway. So practically, 
like one or two examples of how 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 did he disciple you? Um, there were there were uh, the encouraging side of things and the rebuking side of things. Both of those uh, came into play. The encouraging side of things, when I was feeling burnt out and tired, exhausted, nothing's happening the way it should. Maybe maybe the team wasn't showing up. Nobody was greeting people right or whatever it might be. And he'd say, hey, man, you just got to love them well, and then they'll love other people well. Uh, and then rebuking side of things, too, I have a, I have a pension for um, thinking I'm pretty awesome, which it turns out I'm not. Uh, Jesus is, just FYI. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Joe is really good about, about calling me out on that uh, in, in many different ways, in an encouraging way even. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely hearing in that a key element. Uh, somebody used to, to describe disciples said that they said it's biblical truths conveyed through relationship. So having relationship, a context for relationship, and in the midst of that relationship, speaking words of encouragement or correction as was relevant as y'all were doing life together. Well, let me add too. Like I didn't set out to disciple Ethan. Like God brought Ethan into my life. You know, like we. Um, I mean, the first time we hung out, I'd heard your name a bunch. But we just went and had a beer, and and it ended up being like it was super encouraging to me to meet you and to hear what God was doing in your life, and it and it kicked off a relationship. And so, you know, just being present and being in having you know having a friendship and and you know that makes it way easier to actually have those conversations because I I wouldn't. Like, if I look back, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I feel like maybe I challenged you a few times. I don't know if I necessarily rebuked you, but it was, yeah, it just, it was a conversation I, is the point. It was, it was not a, I'm wearing the pastor hat and Ethan, it's just like, hey, bro, like, yeah, we're going to talk about this stuff and just have an honest conversation and just, and it was enjoyable, <laughs> you know. Last week, we talked about the idea of exhorting one another is a mutual thing. As you speak the word in others' lives, it encourages you and guards against the deceitfulness of sin in your own heart. And as others speak truth to you, it encourages you and guards you against sin as well. So that mutual relationship, that's great. Yeah, I would I would build on what Pastor Joe said about relationship. Um, in my experience, it inviting other people along with you to do things that you're already doing, like boring things like grocery shopping. And so I would have Amen. Um, younger women who would like babysit my kids for me. And then when I didn't need someone to babysit my kids, but I was going to like go, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous one that comes to mind. One time Aaron needed me to go get some siding boards for the, our house. And they only had the ones we needed in the size we needed in Issaquah at some building supply place. And so me and some, like, 20-year-old girl from the church folded down, like, half the seats in my van with toddlers behind us and drove to Issaquah and got boards. But, like, that's, that's like, like, what are you normally doing in life that you can invite someone else along? Because we all think, like, oh, we don't have time to do this. I have to set aside this special time to do discipleship. And it's like, well, I'm going to go to Costco. You want to come with me? Or my neighbor and I, both of our husbands, would work evenings a lot. We're both going to be holding down the fort with the kids. We're both going to be making macaroni and cheese. You're a new Christian. Why don't we make macaroni and cheese together at my place? Like, so just mm -hmm. that life-on-life -life relationship creates those opportunities. And then I found, like, here I think that I'm just doing relationship. And then these younger women in the faith would say, well, you know, like how you always say. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm old enough to always say stuff? Like, I didn't even know that I was at that stage. But apparently, and it was really just a cool experience to realize like it was happening organically, kind of what Joe was saying. So. Mm -hmm. 
So with that idea of relationship and maybe to get people's creative juices going, where are some of the most unique places or environments where just in doing life, little bits of truth leaked out and all of a sudden you realize like, wow, that was awesome discipleship happening in the midst of whatever. Not setting out to do it, but it just happening in great places. So I've had a couple instances. One is a lot with this guy and his family. I actually known him since high school. Uh, we actually ran together. So one of the coolest things that we get along, get to do every once in a while is go for runs. I mean, it's as simple as that as alternating one foot in front of the old other up a mountaintop. And generally speaking, we end up looking at the scenery. Hey, well, it can be as simple as simple, anything that you love to do. Simple, not Some, easy. Yeah, something that you're passionate about. But you're just out there and like you just see how small you are relatively to God's bigger picture and then truths just come out from that. Awesome. Um, one of the coolest things when I was in college, I was stumbling and just kind of trying to find a way. I had a gentleman that I worked with. I was, worked at a climbing gym and ran cross country and track. And one day it was as simple as like, hey, bro, like we're going to have some burgers after we're done climbing. You want to come over? And I remember I tried to avoid the situation for a couple of weeks and finally he's like, no, you're coming. Like, I'm picking you up from your house, and you're coming. And so we did that, but it was just as simple as just little things like that, something that you're passionate about and something where you just have community with other people. How about some other unique places where you've been discipled and or discipled somebody? Context that people might, light bulb, go on like, oh, yeah, I do that. I could make that a more fruitful opportunity. Anywhere else? Everywhere else. I mean, <laughs> it's like, okay, um... Maybe we hang too much, like, on the mentor, sh the mentor idea, you know? Like, I need a mentor. It's like, well, no, you don't. You just need to actually talk to the people who are around you. Um, with intentional conversations. With intentional. And, yeah. and, you know, like, for me, I find that that just arises out of my curiosity. Like, uh, we were with, um, we were at Il Trevor and Elizabeth's rehearsal dinner the other night, and uh, Les and Mercedes Scott were sitting across the table. They have daughters. They're further down the road than I am. I have lots of questions for what it means to be a dad of daughters. And so, boom, we just go there. Awesome. Um, and they, uh, you know, it's just like, it's curiosity. How did you deal with drama all the time? <laughs> um, and, you know, what that does is indicate like, okay, Joe's dealing with drama all the time and I've been through this. And then you get the word that it doesn't really ever end. And so... <laughs> You find out that you're not alone, and there's a discipleship moment that happens there. I mean, that's kind of yeah. really basic and simple. But the point being that all of life is in play. It's not you have discipleship time. Everything is discipleship time, and so everything can be can be if yeah. we use it more effectively. Yeah, it's a great word. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's just how you decide to use your time. So you end up you are living life, and discipleship happens through life, as long as you're minded in that direction. Great word. Um, we have talked a lot about the informal side. I'll throw in as a quick nugget before we move on to some of the next questions. Um, I would say historically, uh, as a church, we were very theologically rich, but many of us were very biblically illiterate. And what I mean by that is Pastor Mark did an amazing job studying and bringing in deep, weighty truths, did an amazing job unpacking it, helping us understand these deep theological uh, ideas and elements, and then we give great questions so that in community group we could talk about how it applies. 
but we didn't do a lot of time in community group focused on how to study your Bible and things of that nature. So there are a lot of folks that they really understood deep theological elements, but really did not feel comfortable with their Bible. I've heard a number of people talk about they don't really know how to read or study, and it feels very intimidating or overwhelming. So there are things like, um, man, in college, I had somebody come alongside, and we went through an inductive study Bible, and he talked about Bible study techniques, and we would meet every week to actually do a rich Bible study. Uh, Jim and Shelley Laguchi go to BSF Bible Study Fellowship, and they do it every week. There's like a deep how to study scripture. And so there are, there are kind of what we would call more formal programs that focus on different aspects of discipleship. Uh, Pastor Shane, we've got a, a book listed at the end of the deal, but their church, they had a, a great deal that would walk through all these questions. It was basically a guide that you could use to meet with somebody else to walk through specific areas they were wrestling with and have a little more of a formal like Bible study slash discipleship, uh, kind of walk along uh, with somebody and there are t tools and resources for that. So there are formal sides of things. If somebody, you know, you're wanting to walk something out, but the key takeaway is that there is so much opportunity in just the doing of life and the leveraging those informal moments that often things are better caught than taught anyways. And so you see Christ, he's just doing life, walking along with the disciples, and as they went, teaching with parables and things to, to apply things in the moments. Excuse me. So um, hopefully that gives you a number of ideas there for discipleship and what that could look like. Um, one more question question as it relates to discipleship, or maybe two more, but real quickly, um, does anybody think there's sometimes this thought of like, oh, maybe I'll disciple somebody someday, um, and maybe there's a time where in your life there was a little bit of a fear of, of like, gosh, I don't know if I'm mature enough or ready to disciple, but as you kind of experienced for the first time intentionally investing in somebody and you saw God encouraging them, like, what has God done in your life as you took the steps to intentionally invest in others and challenge someone other someone else in their faith. What has God done in your life? Has anybody been afraid of that at any point or were y'all all born confident and ready? <laughs> so remember how I said that I, I tend to think that I'm kind of awesome? Yeah, well, one of the things Wrong panel that, uh, for that so, question. <laughs> well, hold on, it ties in, it ties in. So I think, oh yeah, I totally got this discipleship thing. I'll, I mean, I'm totally more mature than that guy. I mean, please. And I dive into conversation, and pretty soon I'm humbled like none other um, because it, it turns out that I've got this massive pride issue in my own life. Um, and so every time that, I, that, I've, uh, that I've entered into, the, into that relationship, maybe from the other side of things, thinking, oh, I got this. Yeah, I'm going to help you out, God. Um, he totally just floors me, and no, I'm going to humble you through this. Uh, and even though you realize now that you don't got this, the Holy Spirit does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in conversations where um, it's it's like somebody else is talking through me. And it's just, it's phenomenal to feel like you get to be a part of God's plan. And the Holy Spirit is giving you those words in that moment. And that's all stepping out in faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my part, it was stepping out in pride initially. But <laughs> continuing on to step out in faith. Awesome. I, th I think you had on a key piece there that... It really is out of all of our depth on the one hand, it's always a work of the Spirit by His grace working through us to challenge or encourage somebody else. And so I would encourage any of y'all, if you're tentative, you're thinking, I wouldn't know what to say or what to do, just start being intentional about sharing the truths God has entrusted with you through what you've experienced of the Lord and be looking for opportunities to share that with others, encourage others, and you're on the road to discipling others in that simple process. I think one thing um, in discipling others is if you have a mentor yourself, and as 
Joe said, you know, it's this formal idea of a mentor, but someone that you look up to um, in the faith, you can see your relationship, and then there is some um, confidence that grows with saying, I can do that with somebody else. I can have a high school girl over for dinner, just like Joe and Gentry had me over for Easter. Um, so there's a confidence that comes when we're being obedient to grow in our faith that we can then help someone else um, in the easy things of, of loving people um, because we've been loved. Great. Can I add something real quick? Yes, ma'am. Um, about the mentoring, I know for myself, it, that can almost become like a hurdle, like a crutch. Um, when the Lord first saved me, I remember just crying certain nights, like, bring me a mentor, bring me somebody. And the Lord didn't. And it was a chance for the Lord to show me that he wanted to be my mentor, that people are going to come and go constantly in my life, but he's going to be my constant. And so it is. It's just being intentional with people, doing relationship with people, but we're all going to fail each other. I mean, we're human. So I think it just takes it back to the Lord. Yeah. On the formal mentor thing, when you're around the church, you're like, man, that guy's got gray hair. I've heard he's got kids that are grown up. Like, I'd love to pick his brain. Ask him. Like, I had somebody recently said, hey, like, can you connect me with another community group or somebody, like, surely there's a group somewhere where there are older people. So we made some connections and there's a number of folks that are willing to mentor, just talk about life and stuff. So um, just ask, can we go grab lunch? I'd love to pick your brain about stuff sometime. And I'm sure you will get a yes response. Yeah. You guys have been really quiet over there and I'm really curious. Well, no, I'm really curious what you guys, like how you, how you view this because you, you have many years of walking together with Jesus, and, um, and you guys are awesome. And so I want to hear what you say. <laughs> so neither Lin- Linda or I are real comfortable being up here, but we were glad, glad to be here because we love this church. We love you guys so much. Um, Boy, I could talk about my wife all day long. But (laughs) being intentional mentoring, something that the Lord gave me an opportunity to do is, is, uh, let me go to discipling, is our kids. That's that's who we we need to disciple, uh, first and foremost, our wives, our kids. And when our kids went off to college, it was kind of, kind of concerning because they've been in somewhat in this bubble of our house, of a Christian school, of a, of a great church. And um, I started thinking, what what's going to happen with our kids when they go over to Washington State University? Go kooks. And um, <laughs> there's a devotional that, that I had been going through for many years. And so I decided, and I, I was starting to email it to myself at night so that at work I would look at it during the day, and I thought, well, I'm going to start sending them this devotional, and so it, it started that way with, you know, just me and my two kids, our two kids, and then our kids would say, hey, would you send it to this person? Would you send it to this person? Would you send it to this person? And it's just kind of grown, it's, you know, people in our community group, and so it, there's simple ways like that. There's so many great resources that you can use and sometimes you know it's just I don't necessarily have contact with all these people in in this respect but right now five days a week there's over a hundred people who receive this email and it's 
and I get I keep the email responses I get because they mean so much to me, and um, so there's just a lot of creative ways, and again going back to your kids, um, my wife's gonna get this mic whether she likes it or not, because she's gonna share with you what she did with our kids when they were younger growing up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. The truly pleasant Mrs. Freiberg. It took Doug and I both like three days to finally um, um, prayerfully shepherd her towards saying yes to join the panel. So yeah, what did you do with your kids growing up? Um, just simply, we just had a kids devotional and just at breakfast. It's like as you guys do, you just go through it with them, and and nothing that none of the rest of you guys probably haven't done. So it wasn't earth shaking, unless I'm missing something. This was like a dozen volumes, or it was, it was a whole bunch of books, and it just thrilled me to know that my kids were hearing the word in their younger days every day, well, five days a week anyway, and they would compete because there was questions at the end of it, to, you know, and they were kind of like, oh, 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 you know, they were trying to compete with each other to answer the questions, Yeah. but there's just little things you can do like that. You know, I'll quickly brag on Doug as well. I had gone to see him at work, and... Um, so he, my, I don't want to embarrass him, but he owns uh, Ballard Industrial. So he's walking the floor, and you think, guy runs the place. He's got to be on his guys, making sure they're working. But it was quite the opposite. Every guy that came through, he'd stop, introduce them to me, and then he'd just spend several minutes, like, talk about pastoral care being lived out. How are you doing? Hey, what, how did it turn out with your son? I know he's sick. I've been praying for him, like, just shepherding these people. And I saw in the midst of that, he was conveying all sorts of biblical truths, just in encouraging words, taking a few minutes with everybody that would walk past him on the floor, um, just shepherding the people in the context of work. Um, and so tons of discipleship happening there. Again, just intentionally using the relationships God's already given. I'm sure you're not walking around thinking, these are a whole bunch of guys I have to disciple. But yet he was doing that by modeling what Christ has invested in him to others and speaking little words of truth constantly to them as he was sharing verses or words of encouragement, things of that nature. So a uh, huge example. If any of y'all ever get a chance, go down and follow him around at work and see how he loves on folks. It's a great example to watch play out. Well, let's run on to some more specific areas then because discipleship is kind of a broad target. Let's talk about God's word uh, and specifically, what are some creative ways that you guys approach your personal Bible study? I think often people feel like, man, I open it up, I read for 10 minutes every day, I close it and I walk out the door and I just don't feel like it hits home. So what are things that you've done in your Bible study to make it more life-giving or to help it really just feel more fruitful and rich? We'd love to hear a host of ideas, especially if they're short, quick answers. So my short, quick answer is that I feel like I have to read with somebody else, which happens to be Ethan. So um, I'm kind of what you were describing where, like, I will open my Bible and I'll have, like, a billion other things on my mind and I'll read sometimes mindlessly um, for 10 minutes and be like, I did my Bible reading. Well, that's not really fruitful. So... Um, while we're doing read the Bible in a year, kind of turns into two or three years. It's still more fruitful for me um, doing it that way and reading with Ethan and being able to um, talk through ideas and cool. um, stories in cool. that way. What else? Well, well, oh. yeah. When do you, how do you create the space? 
Yep. How do you create the space for that? When do you guys do that? Uh, right before bed. Uh, so oftentimes... After, after the babies go to bed. After the babies go to bed, yeah. Uh, and so oftentimes for me, um, it's, uh, it, it's honestly, it feels like a little bit of a chore. Um, we talked about this, and I, I think the amazing part is that Lynette retains an incredible amount of information from these things, whereas I can read an entire chapter just straight and be like, oh, is that Daniel or Revelations? I have no idea. I guess those are pretty related. So yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. I don't know. J the point normal is... Question. No, yeah. fair, fair. no, but um, the I just enjoy reading with her, and so that's something that um, I enjoy the time, and she really gets a lot out of it. For me personally, I actually get a lot out of the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yeah, um, I think the first time I read that, and I'm not a huge crier, but I think I cried every other chapter, <laughs> like just talking about Jesus's love and how how uh, the overarching story of God's salvation throughout um, history and how God is our Father. And I'm reading this to our kids, and I mean, it's just mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful picture. And it, I mean, it takes like two or three minutes to read a read a story out of there, and um, and it's half pictures, so it's yep. really pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I love that Bible. Cool. What else? Other ways that y'all engage in Bible study? Creative ways? Um, for me, I have two kids, and we homeschool. Pray for me. Um, so I get up early. I get up before the whole house gets up, usually. And I just spend my time with the Lord. That's my time. And I'm kind of selfish about it. And I'm not nice. Um, if the kids come down in the middle of it, I send them back upstairs. Yeah, it's bad. Um, no, that's no. appropriate. I feel, yeah, I go back and forth on it. Um, but yeah, if I don't get that time, um, I notice that my entire day is just, its I'm off. It's totally off. Um, I'm able to kind of get my bearings and remind myself of who I am in the Lord, how he sees me and what my job is and my purpose is. And so when I wake up my kids, I can kind of start with a fresh slate. Um, I know if I'm a mess, it makes my house a mess, my marriage a mess, my kids a mess. So that's, that's what I do, and it helps mm -hmm. a lot. Cool. Yeah. Um, I used to give like 4, 4.30, but now it's like 5, oh. 6. Yeah. She's getting lazy. <laughs> What else? Ways y'all study? I, I'm not as holy as Brittany. I can't get up that early. <laughs> but the idea of, like, what did Joe say? Like, how do you make time? Like, how do you work that into your schedule, mm -hmm. right? And um, if I'm being honest, there's a lot of things I find time for. I have four kids. I'm pretty darn busy. And yet, I find time for Netflix from time to time. I find time for Facebook, right? So for me... Um, I have just made like a, an accountability rule for myself for the last few years. And I thought of it in the same way. I've been a Christian for a long time, so maybe you don't think of it this way. But um, I would never go shopping first and go out to a movie first and then see if I have enough money to give to the church. That's just not something, as somebody who's been a Christian for like 20 years, that's just not what I would do. So to myself, a few, I was convicted that I would never get on Facebook first when I have the Bible on my phone, too. Like, wh why would that be the first thing I would go to? That's, like, if I have extra time. So for as long as I've had Facebook, which has been probably, like, five or six years, that was always, and that keeps you pretty darn accountable because you like to check Facebook. You do. You're going <laughs> to go there. So if you say, I'm not going to check Facebook unless I've actually already read the Bible, 
Then the other thing that I really love to do, I love the ESV study Bible. It's a super simple and accessible study Bible. So pretty much everything that I read, I read twice, once regular and once in the study Bible because I feel like it's like giving me some more context. I'm not saying every single time, but if something is even remotely challenging or like, oh, I wonder what that meant, which is a lot of the Bible, honestly, um, I just read it twice in both. And, um, and by both, you mean the, in the verses and then in the commentary below? Right, right. Yeah, I have it on the app. You have to switch back and forth. So oh, I'll gotcha. read the thing and then I'll flip over to, to the, the study Bible notes. and reread it in the commentary notes. So Gotcha. Uh, my life verse is Deuteronomy 32, 47, and it says this word is no idle word for you, but it is your very life. It is your very life. And the first thing, if we're talking about Bible studying, we're talking about getting in scripture, I would tell you that pray with all your might that God would give you a desire for his word, ignite a love for his word, that you can never extinguish. Ask that he would put a fire in your bones that never dies until you meet the word face to face. Amen? Amen. And out of that, the practicality of when you get time in that word is <laughs> the matter. You're going to find time. You're going to find time. To do it. Um, I will say, in the practicality piece of it, um, I know I'm taking too much time, but um, when, I gotta, you gotta get worked up. Okay, so um, uh, two weeks ago, when I heard that we were gonna do this, um, I was sitting in the chair, and I started, I know when the Lord's speaking to me, and so I was starting to get, my heart started racing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be on that. And they don't know this, I haven't told them this, I'm, I'm supposed to be on that. I'm, I'm what do you do? Hey, Travis. So you know that thing that you're going to do with all the real good Christians? Yeah, I'm supposed to be on that. <laughs> right? So I'm just like, I can't. So I just sat on it. And next week, the next week, I walked up and Shane said, hey, hey your name came up. Um, we, we're doing this panel next week. I don't know if you know, but um, we're doing this panel and we want you to join us. Yes, I would love to. Thank you for asking. I'm very humbled. So here's the thing. I know that I'm supposed to be here. Let's just, that's just the point of that. And I'm supposed to be here, and the, I know that the only thing I'm supposed to tell you, I know I've said a lot more than that, but the only thing I'm supposed to tell you is that the most fruit-bearing discipline that I've ever practiced in my life, my spiritual life, you know what I'm going to say, is scripture memory. So I know that one person, at least in here, is supposed to start memorizing scripture. That's all I know, because the Lord know that I would... That's all I could say up here, is that the most fruit-bearing discipline that I have ever practiced in my spiritual life is scripture, book scripture memory. I've been doing it for four years, and I'll say that to boast. I say that to give all the power and glory and honor to God because he has done more to my in my life by going over the same scriptures over day and day and day and day and day again. And he just... I said the same scripture yesterday, and yet that's when he teaches me. I said that same scripture last month, and yet that's the day that he chooses to teach me something. So I'm just going to tell you, if you, are, if you are the person that is supposed to start doing book scripture memory, I will be here after, and we can talk about how I do it. And that will just be one tool. There are plenty. John Piper has a, um, good resources in his website. But somebody is supposed to start memorizing this book scripture. So I'll, 
I'll add into that just on the Bible study and scripture memory. Um, their, their, their packets, uh, navigators used to do them. I can't think of what they're called, but basically topical memory system. You can order a topical memory system online and they will group verses by topic. So you can memorize them. They're little cards you can carry around in your pocket. Uh, book study, uh, book memorization is a great way to go. I did uh, Second Timothy in college. It was challenged to do that. And so you, instead of having to carry a stupid pack of cards, you just remember one verse and then the next verse, it all flows. And so you could be jogging or whatever and just literally reciting chapters at a time and incredibly rich to have that ingrained. And it's just a matter of a simple discipline. Uh, actually, the family that did book memory that taught it to me and challenged me, the parents were going to have their kids do it. And their kids were like, the three-year-old was just walking in out of the rooms at night hearing the older kids do it. And the three-year-old started reciting like half of Second Timothy one day while he was playing. So they realized like, this is doable. And then the dad never thought he'd be able to, but in doing it with his kids, so we had the mom, dad, high school, junior high, and like, a, I guess he was more like five years old, um, but, but it's very doable. It's just a matter of discipline. So other ways y'all do study of scripture. We talked about uh, using the study Bible, scripture memory is a way. Any other like just creative ways where you're like, wow, this has really helped me pay more attention and to get more out of it when I'm doing Bible study? Being a single guy, <laughs> my schedule's all over the place. Um, generally speaking... You think it is now. Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, so there's, there's tons of ways, really. Like, usually whenever I'm having a stressful day or if I start the day feeling awesome, uh, I'll go out for a run or I'll come back and, I'll, and I used to listen to music and sometime, I'd say a couple months ago, probably shortly after baptism, something kind of convicted me. It's like, dude, maybe that list, the music that you're listening to isn't very fruitful. What else could you do? And I downloaded a Bible app at the time and started listening to that. I've listened to Pastor Aaron speak a couple sermons, and that started being a lot more fruitful. Um, at work, if you're on your way to work, commuting, listen to the Bible, listen to a sermon. It's really simple. I mean, and it's extremely fruitful. Like, you're having a terrible day, just listen to scripture. There's so many times where I've been in the, the back of a stock room at work, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to lose it. And then you just listen to scripture like, oh, dang it, Lord, you just humbled me. Awesome. <laughs> um, I do the, well, the, this past year I've been doing the Blue Letter Bible app. Mm -hmm. I have the app. And so I'll read in my Bible, and then normally what I'll do is if the Lord highlights a verse for me, I'll go in the Blue Letter Bible app and I'll look up commentaries, and those have totally changed my life. Um, I just sent, I think my community group's probably getting upset with me, because <laughs> I'll send out like, like whole Spurgeon-like sermons, and they're amazing. I mean, it takes me like half the day to like actually read through them, because I have to read him really, really slow, um, but it's, it totally just every time that I actually have the time to, to do that and to read them, um, totally wrecks me. I'm a mess. So that's what I do. Okay. I would say also don't feel intimidated to just go to the family Christian store or whatever bookstores out here at the Bible store, um, Christian store, and just get a, a book study. Get a Bible study that someone else wrote, that someone else put the time and effort into, and they'll teach you how to do. Um, I say that Beth Moore discipled me in how to study scripture. Mark Driscoll discipled me in how to study scripture and how to break down a passage. Um, so don't be intimidated just to go buy a Bible study about something yeah. that you're interested in and work through the text with someone else, it, being the author. 
Yeah, uh, so there's Bible Study Fellowship, which is like year-long, and they unpack different books of the Bible that, that can be really fruitful if you want to go somewhere and actually meet with folks that'll walk through that. There are also books you could just buy and go through with folks from your community group that will talk like... How to Read the Bible with Your Heart and Mind is one that we'll list as a reference. Um, you can buy inductive study Bibles. So it'll start before the book and say, here are the words to look for. Here's how to highlight them. Here's different approaches. Um, here's how to understand how to break the book down into its major sections. Like They give you kind of training wheels to run on and get guidance and then walk you through how to do your own inductive study Bible. Um, sometimes a good way to do it is when you're studying, if you struggle to focus, prepare a mini sermon. Like, think about, all right, whatever I'm reading here, like, how would I turn this into, like, if I was going to have to teach this to somebody else, how would I do that? And prepare, like, a five or ten minute teaching for somebody else, but just that exercise of making yourself pay attention to prepare a, an outline can help. So there are tons of creative ways to engage in Scripture instead of just reading to check it off your list. Um, there's also think about rhythms of life. Like, it might be more fruitful for you to have a long time, like, hike somewhere and then, you know, open your Bible there. Five minutes in a fruitful environment might be better than 15 minutes of mindless reading sitting in your couch early in the morning when you haven't fully woken up yet. So just think creatively about how, how to engage in the Word so it's life-giving. Anything to add before we move on to some other questions? Well, yeah, I was going to say, don't be afraid to change it up, too. You know, like, Amen. Um, uh, I, yeah, the, uh, you know, like the, the yearly reading plans, which I've been doing for a long time. I'm the same. Well, no, I've done different ones, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just feeling like, you know, okay, it's time to change it up. And uh, I have a, I've got this Bible when I was 19. It's the, uh, the Hebrew Greek keyword study Bible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is an awesome study Bible um, because not only do you have like the study notes, kind of like the ESV study Bible has, but you also have this lexicon of the he Hebrew and Greek words, which has great I mean, it's got a dictionary right there, and you see the word underlined, and you go reference it and look it up, and you realize you've been reading it in a completely, you know, uh, you've been reading it in a wrong way, and you, you get the, you know, the, the actual meaning of that word used in that context and that time, and the whole thing just kind of illuminates a little bit more. Yeah. And so maybe taking, you know, uh, the, uh, at least, I don't know, where I'm thinking right now is just be going creative. for books, yeah. Like uh, instead of kind of ditching the whole like annual uh, reading plan idea for a while and going for, I'm gonna, you know, we have Hebrews coming up, so Hebrews seems like a really good place to start right now. Yeah, I'll actually ship into that with a couple of other. Um, I've been blessed to have a bunch of different people that wanted to do it in different ways, so different Bible studies and things. We've taken a ton of approaches, but um, Bible in a year is great if you haven't read through the Bible to help you get through the whole thing. Um, there's also a book called The Bible in 24 Hours. There's several different books, but like give you a breakdown of, yeah, it, it, that's what the book is called. And it basically takes each book of the Bible and puts it into a few pages to give you summaries so you can kind of wrap your brain around what's going on. Um, but but um, reading through the Bible can be great, but also like taking a book. So one we did in college, we do, uh, let's take the Apostle Paul's letters and you take like each one over the course of like a week to four weeks, depending, like some of the bigger letters, we might take four weeks, 
but you basically just spend that time coming up with a summary and you put all the information, the critical, what's the most important verse, what's the outline, what are the key things on like a four by five note card or whatnot, and then you move on to the next one. And by the end, you've kind of got a nice just handle on what each of the books are, but kind of just tackling them a book at a time can be a fruitful way. So tons of creative ways to approach Bible study and make it life-giving. Um, there are a bunch of different types of ESV study Bible, the inductive study Bible. There's now a grace application Bible that talks about like where the gospel thread is in all the books and how it applies to your life. That's another fruitful one that you can pick up. And using those different types of Bibles can be really fresh as you go through the notes just to bring it to life in different ways. So be creative with the study of God's word. And use different versions too. Yep. I mean, seeing how they render the different verses um, can really help you think through the meaning of that text. And so you just yeah. have more stuff to deal with. But Doug and Linda, you guys have been quiet again. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, like, you were saying the other day, like, you just, you, you use your commute to pray. So you're not listening to sports radio like I do. Yeah. It's like it was a sign of my declining testosterone. Um, and, uh, and so, and I know you, you're an early riser, too. And... And so I just, yeah, again, I want to hear you talk. <laughs> so a couple thoughts. Even when we read um, the word, it says God's word will not return void. Yeah. So if you're reading through something that just feels like it didn't get through anything, I just believe the word that it is working in me, no matter what. Amen. Just a couple other things. I, I'm not up here because I've got this figured out. I'm paying attention to what everybody else is saying, and I think any one of you guys probably could do share just as much as the rest of us. But one thing I have found that I haven't always succeeded at, but I did for quite some time, was finding the most consistent part of my day, the most consistent thing I do, and then try and combine that with time in the word or prayer. I'll leave it to your own imagination what those things might be. <laughs> but there are certain rooms that are really good for reading. Uh, Bible study fellowship. I'll put a plug in for Bible study fellowship. And, and it's an excellent program. I did it. My wife's done it, and I wouldn't mind going back to it again. Um, and then just one other thing that I've recently discovered is that life for all of us is just probably just way too busy. And um, Linda and I have started spending some time walking, and it's a great time for us to talk. Besides, it's, I hear it's good for you, and, um, but it's not my bent. So uh, just a few plugs there, I guess. It's a great practical wisdom, the idea of finding the things that are most regular that you always do day in and day out and attaching prayer and study of the word to that because then it becomes a regular part of your life. It's a great one. And that was one of the beautiful things that Linda did with the kids is that they had breakfast every morning. So they, they, they did it during that time. I just, I love this lady. She's got a lot of great things to share. Well, I will share something. I agree with everything that's been said, but I will share something that I do that's super helpful. Um, I agree with doing the commentaries, and there's a lot of wisdom and, and different books, 
but I journal and I, don't be afraid. Come with pencil or pen and a journal and see what the Lord has for you. Not just somebody else that, you know, has he's spoken through, but for you because he will show up. So I pray before and I ask him. I ask him to show me what I need to know. I come with my journal and my pen, kind of old school. Use your tablet or whatever you guys do. And don't be afraid to write in your Bible. Because I was just, you know, as you go through, as you go through year after year after year, you're going to read the same different scriptures. And you'll see, you know, you, if you write, you know, he came through when we had surgery in 1988. And you read, oh, I remember that. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, that you answered that prayer or, you know, you were with me during that time. Um, it is God's holy word, but I don't think that he will be disappointed if we write in it. So be, uh, don't be afraid to do that. I'll yeah, so, piggyback yeah. on that because you reminded me of one that really hit home. I have not personally done this, but it was a great idea. Basically, someone bought a Bible for each one of their kids, and as they would study, they would highlight and mark it and write notes and things, basically, that they could pass on to their kids as, like, things they would want their kids to see. And I thought, really cool idea to be able to, like, like God showed up here, and in this time, like, to have those little nuggets and reminders and then be able to pass it to the kids as, like, a hand-me-down. So, This right here, this is a beautiful Bible. This has been well-worn, well-written in, and... Uh, it, it, it's just a, a beautiful Bible. And I, I would encourage one other thing that I found is that it's amazing how much your pastor's preaching will improve when you start taking notes. <laughs> it, it, it just helps him so much. He'll just, he'll preach better. I guarantee you, you'll get more out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why I was so good today, I, Pastor Aaron. I was, I was taking a lot of notes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love this right here because... So I, I work in technology, and I've been early to adopt these things, and it's like, oh, cool, the latest, like, digital Bible. But the thing that's I've found that's been, I mean, the Word of God is the Word of God. So it's great. If you've got, you know, if that's where you're reading, that's great. I find for myself, though, I'm, I'm moving towards ditching my ordinary reading from the, the tablet or the device going back to that because my Bible is the thing that has all the highlights and the notes in it. And on top of that, like you go and you look and you remember when you highlighted that, you remember what God, there's a visual association that you can't get with this thing. And that's, uh, and then, yeah, journal, like the text, I don't know. And then you've got that, that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think for me, I'm finding that's, that's, that's an important piece. I don't think that's like a thing that everybody has to do, but I, I've, gone down the digital road and I'm coming back. I love the digital because of the, the plans and stuff that you can use and it's very helpful. You have a daily reminder to do your plan. You check check it off on your thing. But I will often, I have always been convicted about the digital Bible because my kids don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I want to actively Model. demonstrate, hey, I'm reading the Bible and I, I prioritize reading the Bible. And so Oftentimes, I will just get out both and have my reading plan there to check the box, like, but then open, like, look it up and open and then check that I did whichever one in my plan so it knows tomorrow, right? But read it in front of them on, on paper so that they know what's going on. And um, since we're talking about kids and stuff, too, the one thing that Travis had mentioned that he mentioned to you, memorizing scripture, right? He, he mentioned to me that we, um, we kind of catechize our kids. So they have... <laughs> 
they have this adorable, like, folksy um, songs of the questions and answers from Westminster Catechism. And I can't claim credit. I got this idea from Mike and Tricia Wilkerson, if anybody knows them. Um, they did it first. And uh, they're fantastic. My, my kids have gone around, like, singing these crazy little songs <laughs> that are... When our kids did, they had to fill out the baptism form to get baptized when they were like eight and nine or seven and nine or something like that. And it was, the questions that it asked was like, well, what what is the consequence of sin? And the questions were similar enough to the Westminster questions that it was like, um, you know, what does sin deserve? And their answer, like seven years old on the Mars Hill baptism thing was the wrath and curse of God. Like, <laughs> oh my God, they're going to think... We're crazy, or I think Aaron's told the story before that one kid said, can we have dessert at the restaurant because, you know, we deserve it. And the other one said, no, we deserve death and hell really loud <laughs> in the ram in the U Village. Yeah. Like, no, no, shh, you know, from these great little catechisms. <laughs> and I, my favorite was uh, hearing that one of them had corrected one of their teachers on some oh, point gosh, of theology, yeah. and the teacher was like... Wow, all right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or um, a really good one from that was like when Reagan was four and in preschool, she was on a field trip. I went with her, and her teacher wanted to take a picture of her, and she was being stubborn, like a four-year-old, like wouldn't smile or whatever. And then she went and did something else and then came back and said, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll be nice. I'll take the picture, you know. And so the teacher, she smiled with her little pumpkin at the pumpkin patch, took a picture. So we drove home, and she said, um, God did regeneration on me at that field trip. <laughs> and I was like, um, no. And she was like, yes, because a change of heart is called regeneration. <laughs> I was like, okay, so God changed it. But what you're talking about is sanctification because God changes. So the initial change of heart and regeneration is taking, Ezekiel says it's taking your heart of stone and making it a heart of flesh. But once you already have a heart of flesh, then it's kind of moldable like Play-Doh, and God grows and changes that and molds it into how he wants to be through a process called sanctification. And she was four, and she goes, play the song. <laughs> 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 so we listened to the catechisms, and she goes, you were right, Mom, it was sanctification. <laughs> so the takeaway from that, though, four... Yeah. So at four, they're playing these things with their kids, and their kids are understanding deep, rich theological truths and knowing how to apply them. So be intentional about how you're teaching your kids what it means to study God's word in these things. Um, um, follow up um, with Joe yeah. mentioned the keyword study Bible. And if that is like, okay, that's another purchase I got to go find online. Inner linear, inner linear, that's the word. I N N E R linear, L I N E A. Inter, inter, study Bible, just find that, <laughs> .org, I think, um, the one I use is studylight.org, um, but it's online, it's, it's free, all the words, unlike the study Bible, the hardback, um, is they picked keywords, right, um, online, every word, you can look and see what it means, it just hovers over, and so it's very helpful, um, we'll write that, that as online. a list in the list of resources yes. when we send this out, so yeah. thank you. Um, let me have a quick timeout. We're only two in, and we've already been an hour. Breakouts are supposed to happen. How much time can we take back from those? I'm most worried about yours. In yours, actually. What, what time are we shooting to be done? Uh, 3.30 is the whole thing's done. Okay. Sounds good. Y'all need 50 minutes of breakout?
All right. Um, well, gosh, we're two in. Um, I'll throw in one quick one. Also think about creative ways to approach corporate Bible study. Uh, one of the community groups does a theology fight club where they pick a different really hard topic once a month, and they all come prepared to hash it out in a very fruitful way. And that's a fun way to like dive into stuff and, and get people engaged in the word. They also make soap. They make soap. <laughs> um, we don't make soap. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so let's take, man, there's so many, but let's, let's focus then the next 10 minutes on prayer. And uh, if nothing else, hopefully you've walked away with the idea of be creative and you can think through the rest of the list and hopefully think creatively. But when you think about prayer, what are some of the different ways you approach your personal time with prayer? Doug and Linda? Joe mentioned the driving thing. I, I do it mostly on the way in. On the way home, I, I still do some, but I treat myself to a little bit of radio. But, but one of the things that's changed in my prayer life is I spend, a, and, and this is good that I'm alone, but I spend a lot of time singing uh, praise songs. <laughs> and it's just, it's just another form of prayer. And I, I, I some, I've kind of focused less on petitions and more on praise. I still bring um, things to the Lord, but I would just, it's just something I discovered that really, really um, blesses me, and I hope it. I, I believe it blesses the Lord. Um, for me, this, like, Courtney's passionate about the word, and I am too, but for me, this is something that I'm passionate about, um, prayer, and I'm emotional, so I'll probably start crying. Um, I, it sounds silly, but I lock myself in my closet. <laughs> um, downstairs, I'm, like, my mind's constantly going, like, you guys know how that is. Um, I just can't shut my mind off, and so I go and I just get in a dark room and I close the door and I just sit, I just sit at his feet. And for me, this is, this is where there's, I think it's, a, it's either Spurgeon or Moody and it says, um, he says, man ought to see the face of God every morning before he sees the face of man. And for me, this, that, that's my, my aim and my goal every single morning is to be in the presence of the Lord and to sit at his feet and just worship him. And um, that's, it's in the, I do that at the word, in the word, but I also just do that anywhere I can just get quiet and darkness and just be with him. Cool. What else? That's really good. And I, I was recently convicted of that, that quote, I don't, I'm going to have to get that from you later, but um, I, that I was convicted that I need to give the first fruits of my time to the Lord. And so the first thing that I've been doing now for a month or so is, uh, when I wake up, my alarm clock goes off, and after I hit snooze like four times, I slip out of the bed, um, and my knees hit the floor, and even if my mind is completely foggy and I can't even think about anything, I just recite Psalm 8611, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth, unite my heart to fear your name, and that, just that simple verse, even if that's my entire prayer, even if that's my entire prayer, and I just say amen afterwards, it sets up my day differently. Hmm. Uh, to follow that, pray scripture. Um, that's the easiest, most sure way you'll get an answer. It's his word. I think he's going to be true to it. Um, so pray God's word. Um, that's, that's probably the best. I, uh, PTT's birthday was this week. Prayed scripture for him for his birthday. Um, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through um, this next year. I think God's going to be true to his word to answer that. 
So not that, of course, he wouldn't answer the, the feeble words of our own, but the most true thing that you can do in your prayer closet is pray scripture. Pray his word back to him. He'll be true to it. Practical thing I would add to that that I'd encourage you all. If you think through like a uh, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Uh, uh, yeah, I can. I think I actually have it in there as a resource. But adoration, confession, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and then load that with scripture. So I keep a running uh, Word document. So under adoration, as I'm reading through scripture and I see a verse of praise, I write it down. So then when I'm praying, I've got a, like two pages of verses in scripture where I can just worship God and praise him. And then I'll move on to confession and I'm reading through like two pages of verses and, and I'll kind of go through and I'll find one that just really resonates and like I'll personalize and I'll stop and I'll meditate on and praying that scripture to God and I move on. But that can be a really fruitful way to categorize verses so that when it comes time to pray, uh, and as a quick reference and story, I had a guy that was struggling to pray, was going through a really hard season of life, was very restless. I said, well, come over. Um, I prepared like a long set of music from John Michael Talbot Look it up. It's monastic. Like, it's amazing. Um, very worshipful music. Uh, but I pressed play. I gave him the sheet, and I said, just read through this. When you find a verse that resonates, stop, pray it, meditate on it, personalize it, journal about it, and then move on. If it takes you 10 minutes, that's fine. If it takes you two hours, that's fine. This is the guy that was restless, couldn't, couldn't focus and pray. Three hours later, he came walking over, and he says, wow, that was really fruitful. Thank you. I feel bad. I've probably been here like 30 minutes. I didn't mean to stay this long. It's like, dude, you've been here three hours. It's midnight. Like, you're welcome to stay. But, but it can be incredibly fruitful to be praying scripture and to help you focus and to just put you in God's presence in a really rich way. So praying scripture is a great one, Courtney. So two things. I did learn something. PTT. Can, can, and I learned that, Pastor Tav, Travis Tuttle, Pastor I, I didn't Travis know that, PTT. Yes, so the, can we start calling you that? Yeah. Knock yourself out. Okay. But, but the other thing is that, there you go. So one thing that my wife does, and I need to take a lesson from this, but she does it for me. I'll get texts from her. I'll get emails for, from her um, and that, that she's been praying for me. And it, it, just, it just encourages me because the world gets you down and uh, work can get you down. So, anyway, just an encouragement. Aaron's real big on the Lord's Prayer. Like, a lot of people are um, intimidated uh, by prayer, I guess. That's fair to say. And it, he's pointed out many times, like, that's kind of silly because it's, like, one of the few things that Jesus answers, like, most clearly. Like, people in the Bible are always ask, asking Jesus questions. The disciples are always asking him questions. And he's like, let me tell you a story. Like, uh, <laughs> like Reddington on the blacklist. It's like crazy. Jesus, just tell us the answer. Um, but so but the, the Lord's Prayer is like the one time where he's, they're like, teach us how to pray. And he's like, okay, do this. Like just straight up, no parables, no nothing, just do this. And so he taught our kids the Lord's Prayer right away and has taught like different sermons and Bible teachings and stuff on like just take the Lord's Prayer. And it's very similar to what you said, the acts. Yeah, systematic. It kind of it's walks kind of you systematic. through movements of prayer. So just like the Lord's Prayer, piggyback on scripture memory. Like go to maybe if you need to memorize scripture, go memorize the Lord's Prayer. Then when you don't know what to pray, then you will. Like now you got both. You're memorizing scripture, you're praying, look at you go. Yeah. <laughs> Another really practical one. Um, just pray. So often people come up, I think Pastor Aaron's talked about this, but like, oh man, I'm da da da, will you pray for me? It's like, yes. 
and then pray. Like, don't wait till later. Just stop right there and pray for them, especially here in the church, but even in the workplace, um, even the non-believers. That's an incredible inroad because often as stuff's going on, just say, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? They will almost never say no, and they are probably thinking, you mean off on your own, but when they say yes, say great, put a hand on them and pray for them, and uh, you'll be surprised. You'll see tears and all sorts of responses, and just, I think people are really taken off guard by that, but it's a great opportunity. So, just stop and pray. Yeah. I just have to say this. The Holy Spirit is telling me this, like it's okay to say. I just think too, it's so important that how Brad and I teach our kids that I can get so fixated on how I do this and there's a way and there's a system, but when I go, if we lay our hands out and say something, please do this. And when you decide, please do something for me. It's simple knowing you don't try, but you know Amen. And that's a great segue as we're kind of closing up. Um, hey, wait, real oh. quick, just to throw some scripture at that one real quick. Um, and he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And that's, that's it. He's praying for us. He's interceding for us so we can join him in our prayers. Yes, absolutely. Takes, I think that takes the some of the pressure off, like feel yeah. pressure. I feel pressure sometimes, honestly, like um, knowing that it's not up to me to um, say the right thing, but that the Holy Spirit is interceding and the Holy Spirit is praying. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the midst of that, in the notes, worship is one of the first things, but I wanted to close with worship, which is why I moved it to the bottom. Um, we have talked about a lot of like, tips and tricks, so to speak, ideas, things that, that can hopefully stir your imagination with ways to engage in spiritual disciplines differently, uh, to hopefully bring more life and excitement and, and give you new ways to engage with things. Um, but it's all based as a heart of worship um, because of the work God has done for us, because of the work he is doing in us, because of his spirit who is interceding on our behalf. He has gifted us with so much, and if we're not enjoying that, we're not abiding with him as a, as a response of worship to all that he's done, we're missing the joy that he's purposes for. And so the great joy in life is found when we are enjoying God and when we're walking with him and we're walking in obedience. And so uh, when they feel like weighty obligations, I think we're missing the mark, but when they feel like exciting invitations waiting for us to bless us, and uh, I told the panelists, it's like one of the things that, we did not pick these guys because they all nail it perfectly every day. And other than Brittany, who gets up at four in the morning, most of us don't. And like, we, you know. <laughs> um, but they're all people that, as elders, we've seen that come alive when they share about the way they're experiencing the Lord in time in the Word or in prayer and things of that nature. And so we wanted y'all to see their heart and the fact that they're not doing these because they're 
great religious people checking the boxes. They're doing this because they have in hearts of worship and they find life and joy as they engage with the Lord. So we hope that y'all walk out having caught a little of that and being reminded how fruitful it can be and how joyful it can be to spend time with the Lord. And it's not just some mundane exercise you do every day as you're reading a Bible study plan or something. It's actually life that God is inviting you into. Um, so with that, uh, can we thank the panelists? Has this been fruitful and helpful? Um, I appreciate that you guys would make yourselves available to be put on stage and be put on the spot and to just share your hearts with us. Um, we're going to do breakouts now. Some of that uh, will be practical team training. Um, some of it will be further dialogue about these issues, depending on which breakouts you're in. But here's how we'll run. The audio and production teams will be staying in here. I assume y'all want this room to be able to have access to your stuff if y'all need anything practical. Um, so we'll need to clear out of here for them. Kids ministry. Uh, how many of y'all here today are going to be in the kids ministry breakout so I can get a sense for size? Why don't y'all take, as you go into the B-wing, the first or second room on the right, I'll let y'all decide what would fit best. And then for community groups, or if you're not a part of the worship and production team or not a part of kids, everyone else, let's head to the B-wing and we'll actually uh, continue in some of this type of dialogue together. So, sorry, not the B-Wing. Head into the commons. We'll all rally in the commons, and we'll kind of have our breakout in there together. Can Sound you all good? thank Travis for all his work to prepare this? Am I off, and I'm just going to need to project? Okay. So, anyway, just thank him for all his work and preparation. Oh, thank you. PTT. PTT. All right.